Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I think watching Tom Brady in New England has thrown us all for a loop when we were watching greatness in New England. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance side. I am Shay Cornett. He is Jordan Cornett. We're filling in for the next couple of days for these guys over the holidays. Happy holidays to you all. Okay, so the conversation a few moments ago, was about Cam Newton and him being on this job interview while he was in New England this past year. And I think probably if you look at the win-loss record and the fact that the Patriots are not in the postseason for the first time in, what was it, 11 seasons, that you would call this job interview not so great. He probably wouldn't be the top candidate. It's been a failure. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. So I disagree with Jordan on a lot of things. But before we get into all the things I disagree with him on, um, let's hear from Bill Belichick because he refuses to answer if Cam Newton is going to be the starter next week. When we've heard Bill Belichick say time and time again he's sticking with Cam, now he's not so certain. Here he is. So, Coach, uh, listen, I know you were just talking about not scoring a touchdown the last couple of games, and I know it's not just one person, but can a change of quarterback kind of help you guys uh, get in the end zone? Yeah, I mean, we've we talked about that. So is, is Cam still your starter this week? Yeah, we, we've talked about that question. It's been several weeks that we continue to ask the same question. I'm well, I think, yeah, and I understand that, you know, but I think now, um, now you guys, I know you've been eliminated from the playoffs officially. You're just wondering with a couple games left, is is that is anything change as far as that goes? I mean, is, that right, could be a change. You question every week, Luke. Yeah, every week you ask if something's changed. And I well, well it has changed, though, because you guys have been eliminated, right? So maybe you, you look at Stidham the last two weeks? <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I was like, I, are we I cut was the like, tape? I wasn't sure. I'm <laughs> like, are we done? You just sat there. I mean... Just didn't Bill respond Belichick after is that. like the king of awkward silence. Like, is anyone else going to ask you a question or I'm about to leave here? It's so weird, too, because he wears those like cut off cool hoodie sweatshirts and then he's just like, it doesn't fit his personality. <laughs> you know, like you'd expect someone with a cut off cool like hoodie would be to be a little more loose. It's just not who he is. Um, okay. So he's not going to name Cam Newton the start quarterback going forward. We've seen time and time again when Cam goes to the bench, Jared Stidham comes in. Oh, like it matters if Stidham comes out here and plays well versus Buffalo. That the Patriots are going to go, Stidham's our guy. Come on. Okay, Doesn't but matter. if Cam Newton comes out and plays well for these next couple of seasons, we could be having a different conversation. couple games. We could be having a different conversation. Nope. Now, you think that there are upgrades all over the NFL to Cam Newton. I wholeheartedly disagree with you. I think you can build around Cam Newton in New England. Not for the long haul, but for maybe next season. You adjust your play calling. You adjust your style. You you give him some help. You get your opt-outs back. Yes, I think Cam Newton can be a very viable option at the quarterback position, and we've seen that. And your list of guys that could replace him is putrid. Putrid? It's not a word you get off (laughs) very often. It's putrid. Look, Chris Rock famously said this, and I don't agree with it, but it transitions nicely into this. Chris Rock said, you're only as faithful as your options. Jordan? I hate hate the line. Jordan? I'm not saying I like the line. I said it's famous. He's famous for saying it. We at the Cornette household, we don't like that line, right? We don't like Why that line. Why would you even say that line? Because everybody knows Chris Rock, and it resonates. And what I'm talking about- Get to your point, I'm Loyalty. Get to your point. I'm aggravated. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have said it. I want that one back. But Chris <laughs> Rock's line of you're only as faithful as your options plays in football very nicely. And it's not nearly as scandalous of a line. The Patriots 
aren't going to be faithful to Cam Newton like they were coming into this year because there are now options. There weren't any other options. They saw Stidham last year, and they go, hey, Cam Newton, that's a high risk, uh, and it's, it, it's, it's a low risk, and it's a high reward. So they, they took the low risk, and they got a low reward. Now there's options, Shay. Now there's quarterbacks out there that they can look at and go, is this an upgrade to Cam Newton? So let's go through some of them. Jimmy G, the quarterback that Coach Belichick never wanted to let go of when he knew the Tom Brady time would be done, is no longer, and it hasn't gone well there with the 49ers. They're probably going to move on from him. Do you think Belichick would rather have him over Cam Newton? That is the only one that I will semi-agree with you on. Although I think it's hysterical. Uh, 49ers are like, 49er fans are like, please, I don't like Jimmy G. You were just in a Super Bowl with him a year ago. Like, uh, it's spoiled. Uh, okay, it's just okay. spoiled. I got options. We got to keep rolling. All right, go. Matt Stafford It's turning 33. It's going to be a completely revamped look there in Detroit. An upheaval of it all. Probably including Matt Stafford. You can get Matt Stafford. Is that an upgrade from Cam Newton? Matt Stafford. Matt, what is this? Matt Pad Stafford. What is the the name nickname you call him? Because he's got the best stats with the worst win loss record. I just need a yes or no. No. Matt, no. Matt Stafford, ladies and gentlemen, is not an upgrade from Cam Newton. Are you drink? You better not be drinking. You got a baby inside there. <laughs> no. I, mean, I think it's ridiculous that you're saying all this negativity about Cam Newton. You call? are literally beating the Cam Newton drum louder than anyone I had heard heading into this season. You thought the Patriots are going to win the division with Cam Newton. You're fraudulent. Hey, the music stops after a while, and it stopped this year with Cam Newton, unfortunately. Okay, sure. Move Matt Stafford to Carson Wentz. Call me and let me know how that Carson goes. Carson Wentz. You think him and Bill Belichick will work a little no. bit better? No. No. I, I, I no, want to throw this piece don't, of paper at you so badly. No. Are you kidding no. me? No. You don't know what you're talking okay. about. And I won't even try and float this one to you because I think most people would probably say. No, please, please. Go with, you, yeah, go with the other two you said. Most people would say, yeah, I'd actually probably take him. You, you, Marcus Mariota. No. <laughs> Come on. Everybody could think it sounds crazy. Marcus Mariota over Cam. Oh, now yeah, you, you shied away from it. another one you listed. Sam Darnold is also an upgrade I over Cam. I would take Sam Darnold a million times over. With him or Cam Newton in this situation. Matter of fact, Perfect. there's a very Perfect. real shot Sam Darnold is a Patriot. Good, actually. let's do that. Let's play that game. Let's call. Let's see who's better, Cam Newton or Sam Darnold. What could we compare this to? Where we have, I'm not done. I'm going to interrupt you because I, I, you've, you've. What about just... Gardner Minshew? If the Jags, what are you talking about? If the Jags end up getting Trevor Lawrence, you need to walk home. You're going to walk home. That's it. You're walking home. What, you can't drive not, with me. Okay, I'm going to drop the bomb on you, and then I'm going to walk away from the conversation. <laughs> Do you think this sounds smart? Jameis Winston in New England. No. Let's go. No. Let's go. Jameis Winston, New England Patriots. No. Let's go. What, why was – Why was? oh, you've made me so mad. Why did Bill Belichick – I didn't really want the Gardner mention one, but it fits. Why it did plays. Bill Belichick bench Cam Newton all these weeks for, for Jared Siddham? I think it was two or three weeks. Why? Because he was turning over the ball. But at least he was throwing it to the other team. Every, Do you know where Jameis Winston will find himself every single week within a Bill Belichick system? On the bench. Why would you pay him money to go there? Now, let me finish my point about Sam Darnold because you're delusional, okay? You like some of those options. No, I don't. The only it. option I'm here for is Jimmy G. That's it, okay? <laughs> Jimmy G is the one that you're going to attach yourself to with all those things I listed. 100%. Jimmy G is the one you go, I uh, love that. 100 percent. Wow. Attach me to Jimmy G. You can have the rest. Let me, so find, here's, let me find out you're drinking with our with our baby in that belly. Is this going to be... <laughs> I'm not. I'm just the smarter of the two heads here. So here's a common denominator between the Patriots and Cam Newton and the Jets and Sam Darnold. 
kick because you think the Sam Darnold will be an upgrade over Cam Newton. Let's talk about when they both played the Seattle Seahawks this year. I'm not. Uh, Here, no. no, 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 please. Here's your, your bed. Why are you laying from it? the conversation? So when, it's irrelevant what Sam Darnold does to the Jet. No, it's not irrelevant because this is his tape. This is his job interview, Jordan, as he gets ready to go maybe compete for the starting job in New England. So here we go. Here's Cam Newton when he faced the Seattle Seahawks now. earlier this year. He had 397 passing yards, a touchdown. He did have one interception. He had 47 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. Hope you're all still with me here. What did Sam Darnold do against the Seattle Seahawks? 132 yards passing. Not one passing touchdown. He was sacked three times. And then as I look at his rushing stats, he had three yards on the ground. Shay, he's throwing. <laughs> he's... Okay, well, please take Sam Darnold by all means over Cam Newton. Sam Darnold is throwing the football to whom? His best receiver is <laughs> Jameson Crowder. Who is Cam throwing the ball to? Exactly. <laughs> but it's how Cam Newton is throwing the football. You're going to line them up, put them on the field, hand them a football, stand on the side and analyze what they're doing with that football. And if you watch Sam Darnold and if you watch Cam Newton and say that Cam Newton's got the better, the better, it's a better optic, it looks better, there's better mechanics, then fine. And you know what? Maybe you will say that because we did our top five most trusted quarterbacks and you had the nerve to put Drew Brees up there like we are living in the year of 2000 and. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, or 17. Take the L, And we're honey. not. Take the L. And we're not. What you do know is any of those quarterbacks I listed, minus maybe Gardner Minshew, you would take all of them. And you just don't want to say you take all of them because no, you No, I would not take Marcus Mariota. No, I would not take Sam Darnold. No, I would not Make take Carson Wentz. Make that a poll question, Wentz. please. Please get the public involved in this one. All of these guys you would take. Give me the top four that I've thrown out there. And make that a poll question, and I guarantee they would all take him over Cam Newton. The only person I would take over Cam Newton is Jimmy Garoppolo. The list Why are you attaching yourself to that wagon? Ends there. So you don't think Carson Wentz would work there? No, I I don't. I think if he's... Jordan, you're listing quarterbacks that are turnover prone. You can't be turnover prone in that system in New England. Bill Belichick will not stand for it. First of all, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because I do want to go back to Jameis Winston and him oh, being turnover prone. Why? Because this is a conversation that needs to be happening. You love to hate on Bruce Arians, right? Okay, I don't what is, love what to is hate a, on him. I just a, speak truths. <laughs> it's a high-risk, high-reward offense with Bruce Arians. We've seen how turnover prone Tom Brady has become when he's forced to, to, play the, to, to approach the game the way Bruce Arians likes to schematically with that offense. It is adjust to Arians and do things that don't necessarily work. And with that come... Big-time plays, big chunk stuff, but also turnovers. And that's exactly what you saw when you looked at the resume last season and the stats from Jameis Winston. Explosion, nightmarish mistakes. 30 turnovers? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I am of the belief that Jameis Winston being removed from that system, having this year to learn where he's been learning (laughs) under Drew Brees, but more importantly under Sean Payton, taking a little bit of the slice of the humble pie, learning how it's done with a winning organization, to then be transferred over to the most winning franchise and the most winning coach in Bill Belichick would serve him nicely. And that's an experiment that I think would yield great results. Great, sure. Because we haven't seen Jameis Winston start one game yet for the Saints. So if he's so great, why he, you know what? Sean it doesn't Payton matter because Jameis Winston's going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints <sighs> okay. and win a lot of ball games. Okay, fine. 
He sure. is. Let's change directions, please, because I clearly won this argument. So let's change directions to save you. Okay, let's go to hoops where you can win more, way more arguments than than I could. Um, we're joined now on the Shell Pennzoil performance line by John Thompson, the thirties, the former Georgetown coach. You know him well. Two thousand thirteen Big East Coach of the Year. Coach Thompson, thanks for being with us this morning. I know you just w- wrote um, a new book, Came as a Shadow, an autobiography. And in this book, you talk a lot about your life. And I know one person you talk about a lot in here is your father. So what can we learn about your father in this book? So a couple of things. One, this shift absolutely saved Jordan. Um, so <laughs> good, good job with that. <laughs> he was spinning himself out of Come control. Come on, right Coach. There. I think you arrived with uh, me a little bit there, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> uh, and two, and more importantly, uh, it's my dad's autobiography. It's not mine. Yes. Um, he, he actually completed it uh, just before he passed away. And it is, you know, a, a look behind the curtain. You know, as, as most people know, my dad, for as public as he was and, and as um, outgoing as he was, he, he didn't really let you get a taste, a feel, an understanding of himself. And so in this book, he, along with Jesse Washington, who, who's an outstanding writer and, and, and worked closely with dad for two years, every day with dad for two years, um, at least two years, but you get just a sense of feel for the, the, the why behind a lot of the actions that John Thompson did. Uh, we're joined now by John Thompson, the third JT three. Uh, I know him as coach. I had the opportunity mm-hmm. at Notre Dame to play against uh, some of his Georgetown teams uh, as respected a name in the college basketball game and the whole realm of basketball, as you'll find an absolute class act as coach JT three um, coach. What's your favorite story in the book? Because I've got to say as a guy who was lucky enough to play in the big East at Notre Dame, never thought that would be the case coming up, but knowing the icon that your father was, what he meant to the game, what he meant to black athletes like me who watched how he was able with such force to control any room and to fight for our cause. What's the favorite story that you share with your father and that uh, he's written maybe in the book? Well, one, one thing is key. He didn't want to write a basketball book. So this isn't a, you know, darn, I wish we had gone zone a little more against Villanova in that title game. Or, sure. or you know, it, it's not about, you know, who the, the, this is how we worked our press. And so it, it's a lot about what shaped and molded him. And so my favorite stories are, are the early part of the book where he talks about his parents, my grandmother, grandfather, uh, and how, you know, my grandfather who could not read, but was the smartest person that, that pops knew and how my grandmother gave him a sense of confidence and always told him to speak up and speak your mind. And, 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 and grandpa saying, study the white man and understand how the game is played and how life is played. Um, so the early stories about what kind of shaped his thinking and his focus and how he perceived life and how he went about life and how he obtained his voice probably are, are a lot of my favorite stories. Now, obviously I grew up hearing just about everything <laughs> Um, you know, that, that he, that he talks about in the book and also understanding that his relationship with Red Arback, uh, where Red Arback is, was, was living in DC and they established a relationship when dad was in high school, uh, when dad was younger than high school, actually. And, and how he, you know, back in the day, uh, a lot of the NBA draft was, was provincial. And so one of the reasons he went to Providence was because Red convinced him to go to Providence because then the Celtics would have a chance to draft him. Uh, and he ended up on the Celtics for a couple of years and the stories about how 
and trying to make the Celtics, you know, we, we're conditioned to think that you're fighting for 12 spots. You know, it's 12 spots on the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, but at that point, the black players, they weren't going to have, but there was a quota to the number of black players that were going to be on the team. So, you know, you're not fighting for 12 spots. You're fighting for one of three or four spots. Uh, and just hearing those stories and hearing how he learned those lessons and what Red taught him and Bill Russell taught him and the Celtics taught him. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot in there that, that no one would expect from John Thompson, and it's a lot in there that no one has ever heard from John Thompson. We're talking to John Thompson, the third right now, former Georgetown coach, 2013 Big East Coach of the Year, and I Came as a Shadow, an autobiography has come out, and, and your dad wrote this book, um, Coach Thompson. So what do you think in the book will surprise people when they read it? Is there a story or something that stands out to you that might shock people? I think there's many uh, that will shock people. Um, you know, people have this, understandably, you know, as, as a coach, as a public figure, you only offer one small snippet of yourself. And the world sees just one part of you, your personality. Um, and by design, I think Pops kept it that way and didn't open himself up. And for years, my, my, my siblings and I, um, I have a brother and a sister, we were trying to convince him, Okay, Pops, you got to do a book. Pops, you got to do a book. Pops, you got to tell a story. Uh, and he just didn't want to. No, no. Um, and, you know, fortunately, you know, towards the end there, he finally agreed. Fortunately, uh, we found a writer to co-author with him, Jesse Washington. And fortunately, he stayed alive. God kept him alive long enough to see the completion of the project. But, but I think it's, it's I, don't, I don't know that there's one specific story I can, ah, this is, this is what you should read the book to hear about. I just think it's, you get a chance to see the complete person. So I'll use an example. You know, he has this image of being this big, rough, gruff John Thompson. And then when he stopped coaching, he goes, he has a radio show here in D.C. And literally for years, everyone, the narrative was, I can't believe that's the same guy. I can, he, he has a sense of humor. He loves country music. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that's the same person. Well, it's a different role. It's a different, it's a different set of circumstances. And, you know, he was a different person to the public as a, 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 a sportscast or radio host than he was as a coach. And in this book, you get to peel back additional layers of who he was. And you get to see those and what shaped him and what influenced him. Uh, coach JT3, I, I think about the moment we're in right now. Um, here in 2020 and with all that's going on in the world um, with the fight for social justice uh, and also student-athletes finding their voice within sport, um, making taking use of their platform and maxing out there. Uh, unfortunately, we lost your father at the end of August of this year. Um, so really right at the start of everything going on in this, in this change that we're seeing, um, if he were still here with us to speak on what's going on, how would he react focusing on the college side with the student-athletes? Well, a couple of things. I think that this book is timely um, because a lot of the book talks about, I don't want to just say social injustices, but social issues um, and and so it's, it's incredibly timely. Uh, and I will say he, he died August 30th. And so he got a chance to witness this spring and summer. Uh, and he was incredibly proud of, of a lot of the actions and the protests that were taking place. And, 
and extremely proud of the actions of, of athletes, collegiately as well as professionally. Uh, and, you know, you go back to when he walked out because of Proposition 42, mm-hmm. uh, which he felt would hinder or limit the chances for underprivileged to get a college education. And then you see how a lot of that here to 2020 has come full circle where in many cases, the NCAA is acknowledging and, and various institutions are acknowledging, Hey, the, the SAT shouldn't necessarily be used. Hey, these standards are unfair. And so a lot of what he talked about professed work towards in his lifetime that was discarded at the time has now come full circle and coming into place. But I think that he, 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 he commented before he passed that just how excited and proud he was to see athletes taking a stand, athletes speaking up for themselves, athletes not just accepting the status quo and what's thrown at them. And so it was something that, you know, in his later stages, as, as he was literally um, on his deathbed for him to sit and watch what was going on in the world, in our country, to watch what's going on in collegiate athletics, is something that that made him proud. Um, Legend, you know, he, he he one of the controversial things, like literally at the very end, he said he thinks athletes uh, should be paid, mm-hmm. and he outlines his reasons for that in the book uh, very eloquently. He touches on all the major points, um, and so if you you read through that, and that's and that was a shift. For, that was a major shift for him um, because most of his life he did not feel that way. Uh, and, and even in saying they should be paid, he acknowledges that there is significant value to room, books, board, and tuition and, and, and the ability to get a degree. But if you get the book, if you read the book, he'll, he'll, he'll give you his arguments towards that um, in the book. Yeah, And Shay, I'm telling you, I want that book for Christmas because you know there's no bigger Coach John Thompson fan than, than this guy right here. Uh, Coach Shay T3, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, happy holidays to you too, my friend. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate Happy holidays it. to you, too. Shay, take it easy on him. I know he's an easy target. <laughs> Speaking some truth. Thank coach you. is fair. It's fair. <laughs> I like that. It's fair. <laughs> See you, Coach. Thanks for the time. Happy <laughs> holidays. Um, you're giving <laughs> me a little you, bit of a short turnaround. You're giving me a little bit of a short turnaround to go get that book, but I think I can make it happen. Yeah. So the return of not one, but two former MVPs on the hardwood tonight. The NBA comes back. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful 
for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Shea Cornette and Jordan Cornette here hanging out, filling in for the guys while they take a little bit of time off right around the holidays. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NBA Let's starts go. tonight. It was a Let's 71 go. day offseason, the shortest offseason in professional sports history. It feels like we blinked. And I'm sure it feels like this to Malika Andrews. She blinked and she was in the bubble and now she's she in crushed the, it all the way through. And now to she's the draft, starting the season the again. bubble to the draft to right back here, Shay. Speaking of Malika Andrews, she joins us right now on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. She's our ESPN NBA reporter. Malika, how are you? It has been far too long since I have spoken to you. And like I said, I am sure you can't believe that you're starting your NBA season tonight. Um, I know. It's crazy. Uh, with all of that being said, the Nets are going to take the floor tonight. I hear you're covering this game. So what are the early expectations for how this Nets team is going to look Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn? Well, good morning to one of my favorite ESPN couples. I'm not sure I even had time to blink you guys before the season is already back upon us. But the Nets, from talking to folks in the organization, both on and off the record, they're not shying away from the fact that there are big expectations for this team. They're not ready to say this is a championship or bust sort of situation. They're saying more that every year, right, they're trying to be competing for a championship, which is the line that we hear over and over. But they understand right? They understand what the rest of the league sees in this team. They understand how dominant, how potent they looked, even just in the preseason. They understand that they've put some teams on notice already. They understand that Kevin Durant has wowed people in the way that he has come back. And even Kevin has said, look, I am not playing my best basketball right now. I don't feel like I'm in midseason form, although the nerves that I was experiencing in the preseason have gone by the wayside. But at the same time, he says he needs to be playing his best basketball come the play. So already they are talking about making the playoffs before the season has already started. They're leaning into those expectations. Stay in there, Malika, with KD and Kyrie. What's been the dynamic as it's played out in front of you so far uh, with these two superstars joining forces? Well, it's been interesting, Jordan, right? Because we see the the Kyrie who is taking a little break or took a little break and has since ended that of, of speaking with reporters. We've seen Kyrie enter TD Garden and sage the arena, which <laughs> is something that we glob onto, that reporters glob onto, is something that fans glob onto as, oh, this is something that is so interesting. Look at Kyrie joking that he wants to get seven post-ups a game with Kevin Durant. But from everyone I've talked to within the organization, they've been nothing but wow, there's been nothing but good things that I've been hearing coming out of, of, of practice, of training camp in terms of Kyrie Irving. I've been told over and over again that while some of the things that he is doing off of the court may seem like glitzy, glamoury, uh, sparkling lights to fans, it really hasn't served as a distraction thus far in camp. He's been a leader. He's been someone who's taking the young guys underneath his belt. We'll see how that continues to progress throughout the rest of the season. But so far, they're happy with Kyrie 
and with Kevin. Okay, so a lot of talk right now about Katie, Kyrie, the Brooklyn Nets, as we can imagine. Mm. Let's go to the other coast, though, and talk a little bit about the Warriors. Obviously, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. true. I I know. Um, (laughs) Clearly, there's no Clay Thompson there. And then Draymond Green's Mm. also dealing with an injury. So what are the expectations for the Warriors this year? Well, so the good news, the silver lining for Warriors fans is that James Wiseman, their rookie pick, is supposed to be available, Steve Kerr said, for tonight's season opener. But the expectations for the Warriors, I mean, Steve Kerr has said they want to be top 10 in defense, but he said, wait to hold us to that standard until we get through the Milwaukee Bucks and the Nets. It's not our fault. We're playing some of the best offensive teams early on. But their expectations is still to work towards making the playoffs. They want to take a step up from last season, which has Steph Curry has joked shouldn't be all that hard, but his goal is to stay healthy. They still have their sights set on being a competitive team in that really stacked Western Conference, even though they're going to be without Klay Thompson for the entire season. And Draymond Green went through individual workouts yesterday and continues to be day-to-day of when he'll actually make his return, make his debut with the Warriors. And that's what Malika does. That was my next question was asking about Draymond and his availability. Of course, she knocks that right out of the park. So I'll go back. Uh, Yeah, boom. Drop the mic and walk out, Malika. I'll go right back to the Nets there because I know you're immersed in that team. A a ton of storylines there, and I know you're covering all of them. Steve Nash is the head coach. Uh, You know, obviously there were comments made from a guy like Kyrie saying, I I think we could probably coach ourselves. He he went back against that Mm. and said, uh, no, Steve's definitely the guy and is leading this team and Mm -hmm. we'll follow suit. So that's done. Uh, But I am curious the vibe that a guy like Steve Nash provides. because we've never seen him in this role as head coach of a team in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, that, and that was the sentiment that when Kyrie said that he was uh, taking those comments back, that's where he said he was coming from. It's that he, now that he has been around Steve Nash, he said that Steve is a guy that demands and commands respect. And this is a unique situation, right? Because some of these players on this Nets team, like Kevin, like Kyrie, like DeAndre Jordan, have been in the league long enough that they actually played against Steve Nash when he was a player. But as a coach, they say that he's starting to make that transition, that they're enjoying working with him. And we all have to remember that as stacked as the Nets are on the floor, they're also pretty stacked on their bench, on the coaching side of the bench, that is, right? They hired Mike D'Antoni after he was he parted ways with the Houston Rockets. They kept Jack Vaughn, who was the interim head coach of the Brooklyn Nets last season after Kenny Atkinson left. And so they have that head coaching experience also in their assistant coaches. And Steve Nash said, that he's kind of doing a little bit of a, a football thing here, right? Where he's having uh, Jack take over the defense and having Mike D'Antoni take over the offense. And so they're really kind of having this triple threat of putting their heads together to attempt to make up for maybe any lack of experience that Steve Nash has in that head coaching seat. All right, Malika, before we let you go, I have one more last question about tonight's game. Are there any sort of minutes restriction mm. on Katie? That's not the plan as far as what I've been told. They've been ramping up his minutes. He was playing in the in the 20 range in uh, the, the preseason in the hopes that he will be able to play a fuller amount of time, uh, you know, in that 30-minute range when he is uh, able to play in the regular season. So I haven't been told about any minutes restrictions. They're really hoping to be able to let him, uh, unleash him a little bit, see what he can do. Steve Kerr said to me that he couldn't see the difference between the way Kevin Durant is playing now and the 
the way he was playing before he hurt his Achilles. And that, Steve said, should be scary for the rest of the league. So really, Kevin is trying to kind of stack up his minutes right now and continue to move forward and work forward. Makes sense. Malika Andrews, ESPN NBA reporter. Thanks so much for being with us. Good luck this upcoming season. I can't believe it's already starting and happy holidays for you. (laughs) Thanks. You too. See you later. Um, NBA tonight. It's back. It's It's going down. You know, I got really excited when somebody of Malik stature says we're her favorite sports sports radio couple uh, at ESPN. I was like, that's great. And then you're like, who's the other one? Who else is there? (laughs) I thought the same thing. Either way, it's a great compliment from our friend Malik, and we'll take it. I'm like, we'll take it. Who could that be? We'll take it. G-Sean, Will, and Subin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So we got a little bit of NFL breaking news, if you will. It's not as juicy as I think you're hoping for, but here's the news. The NFL, according to Adam Schefter, has moved the Carolina at Washington game to 4.05 p.m. on Sunday. A little bit of a flex because if the Giants, Jay, lose to Baltimore... Washington would win the division, win the NFC East with a win over the Panthers. So again, the NFL has moved Carolina at Washington to 405 this Sunday. And if the Giants lose to Baltimore, which all signs point to that might be happening, although I guess never expect the unexpected, um, Washington would win the division with a win over the Panthers. So Washington would win the NFC East and they'd be heading to the postseason. So a little bit of breaking news there. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I am Shea Cornette. He is Jordan Cornette. We're filling in for the next couple of days. It's been fun so far today um, around the holidays. Gotta love it. And I can't believe it, but tonight already is the start of the NBA season. And it feels like we were just in an NBA season season, because we were 71 days ago. In fact, it was a 71-day offseason, the shortest offseason in professional sports history. So tonight, Warriors at Nets at 7 p.m. Eastern on TNT, and then Clippers at Lakers 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT, and then ESPN Radio. The coverage starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. So, Jay, let's start with the Nets because I feel like they're kind of, we talk so much about the Lakers and the Warriors in the West. Let's go to the East. The Nets are kind of the juicy new team, especially because we didn't see them in the bubble. We don't know what Kevin Durant looks like. There's been all this offseason drama, if you will, with Kyrie Irving. Like, what's going to happen tonight? And what are the expectations for the Nets? Like, is it postseason? Is it championship or bust? It's it's make it to the the the, the NBA Finals or bust. I, I, that's the only way I think realistically you can look at it. And yeah, I'm aware Bucks are there. Giannis is re-upped. They brought Drew Holiday in. We we saw what the Heatles did this year and the, this past season in the bubble and the confidence they'll have. Um, the Sixers. What's that roster going to be? I mean, we don't quite know yet if James Harden's going to poof one day be be a Sixer. Uh, we know Doc Rivers brings a, a new energy there. Uh, maybe a, a different type of buy-in. Celtics are another team, but 
with these Nets, come on, it's Kyrie and Kevin Durant, two of the most exciting players to watch in this league. When it's all said and done, both, both will be Hall of Famers when it's all said and done. KD, obviously, Kyrie as well. But the pieces that are on that team, I was having fun watching Karis LeVert play. Spencer Dinwiddie when he's healthy. I This is a team with Joe Harris throwing darts from three. It's not just like they've landed two guys and those two guys have to carry the team. There's a lot of talent, and there's rim protectors. There's you got you got Jared Allen and you got um, DeAndre Jordan. You got rim protectors for this team too. They are a complete package. So if they don't get to the finals, I can't imagine anything outside of injury that would prevent them. I think they're going to be that exciting to watch, and for it to be seen for the first time, really for a full no minutes restriction setup. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. There's a lot of intrigue again into this season because there's a lot of talented teams once again. Okay, so Jordan mentioned the no minutes restriction. We talked to Malika Andrews a couple of minutes ago, and she said Kevin Durant's not going to be on a minutes restriction. He wants to go out there and he wants to kind of play and do whatever he can to get healthy. I didn't know if you wanted to say something. Give me the ball back. Give Can I get the ball, the ball back? Can I get the ball back? Here's what I like about the okay, Nets. Not yet. Okay. So when – oh, you wanted to say something? No, go ahead. You're in. You're in. I was asking for the ball. You looked me off. You got a good shot. Take it. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's like a three. I think it's just like an easy layup. But I was just – I was going to just point out the fact – I was going to point out the fact that there has been this drama with Kyrie Irving that's been going on. We don't need to go into it and rehash it. Before Kevin Durant got hurt – I feel like there was a lot of conversation about Kevin Durant and his interactions on social media and all these things that are going on with him. And the spotlight has moved kind of away from him, and now it's moving back on him. And so I am curious to see what he looks like coming out after an Achilles injury. Malika Andrews said that Steve Kerr said that he looks exactly how he looked before the injury, which is absolutely remarkable to me. Um, But nonetheless, I think Brooklyn is definitely the team to watch tonight. Go to the West. Clippers are going to take on no, the see, Lakers. See, well, I asked for oh, the yeah, ball sorry, back, and you're just going to leave. Go ahead. I'll pass like, it that's back. what I'm talking about. Sorry, that's that's, that's selfish fake, basketball. That's that's James Harden stuff. We don't need that don't on, the, that. on, the, on KJ's don't either. Uh, to me, it, you, there's a lot of entry with the Warriors. James Wiseman, number two pick, is thrust in there. Kelly Oubre and Andrew, and Andrew Wiggins. I, I want to see what these guys do. I want to see what they do with this team. And then, obviously, Steph's back. Like, uh, this is great. Like, this is Really good for hoops. I wish Draymond Green was going to be healthy in this game just to see him at the very start, but he'll be back very soon. He's day-to-day uh, with that sprain in the, in the foot. I really have almost as much intrigue for the Warriors as I do for the Nets. I think the Nets' trajectory is obviously more rapidly moving upward in a trend than the Warriors right now, given no clay. But I want to see what these Warriors can still be this season uh, because I don't think they can contend for the title. I don't think. But I think that they can be a team that is four or five seed, maybe best case scenario in the West. But I could be wrong. And I'd like to see if I'm wrong. And that starts tonight. Just feels like the air has kind of been let out of the tires a little after that Clay Thompson injury. Completely, but there's still some air in the tires. Yeah, okay, fine. Fair enough. So last year, I remember you and I watched the start of the NBA season, like the true start, not the bubble postseason, like the true start of the NBA season last year. We watched the Clippers and the Lakers. You want me to take you back? We watched it in, where were you living? Hartford in the apartment, remember? We were like kind of just getting settled in two separate cities. But nonetheless, the Clippers won that game 112 to 102. And obviously then we went on to see the Lakers dominate in the postseason and ultimately win the chip. And so tonight we're going to see the Lakers and the Clippers go at it again in what is kind of a new look Clippers in a way. But do you think the result of tonight's game is going to tell us a lot about this NBA season? Given the short turnaround, given how it's condensed, 
given how many games there are, like what do you expect to see from both of these teams that could give you a true outlook on the rest of the season? I want to see just how great the Lakers are. Oh, the Lakers, uh, not the Clippers. Yeah, I, the Clippers got it. I'm not falling for the head fake again. I, I, yeah. Check back in with me later on in the season. They they burned me too bad. Took them in the futures play to win it last year. and, and I, <laughs> He I put just, all the chips. I, Remember Jordan with all the chips in on the Clips. Everybody put a lot of chips in on the Clips <laughs> last year. I, I just, I don't need Paul George to tell me he's great. Like, just show me. And we'll check back in later. Well, I want to see if the Lakers, though, is Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder on that team. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with what the Lakers were able to add on? Are you kidding me? Like, I can't wait to see this team play. KCP coming back with a little bit of juice. He's an NBA champ. And then, of course, LeBron and AD. I am. Is really going to, is LeBron going to play like full amount of minutes? Is AD like, I. But like, that, that's not even, I just want to see what these other guys, these dogs, because that's what Schroeder is and that's what Harrell are. Dogs. Marcus All, are you kidding? I mean, there's so much on this Lakers roster. The Lakers and the Nets, please give it to us. Please give us that NBA Finals. Like, I'm talking NBA Finals today because I want to see the Lakers just come out there and be like, wow, <laughs> who's beating them out of the West? And I want to look at the Nets and go, who's beating them out of the East? I want both these teams to get me excited on day one to think, give me them in the Finals and please deliver it. That's what today feels like to me. Well, okay, fine, because both those teams are playing, though. I mean, why do you why do you think they're playing? I understand. Why do you think those two teams are playing? I understand. I I am not in the camp where I want to see this dominance at the top and then everyone just be okay. But it won't be. I loved that bubble atmosphere. Like I hated that we didn't see the Suns more in the postseason than they were bounced because they didn't make it. I I I hated that we didn't see more of Luka Doncic. Like give me more of the Denver Nuggets. Like I like the intrigue of these kind of fringe teams that are on the up and up with some young stars. I don't need to see LeBron in the finals every single year. I appreciate his greatness, but I'm just being honest. You don't want to see the greatest player. I don't want to. I don't need to. It's not a requirement for the NBA season for me. Well, it is for me, so we disagree there. <laughs> but you're, but you're right. I, I think you're right. I, I can't deem you right or wrong. But yeah, Chris Paul being in Phoenix with Deep Book, I, I want to see that. I want to see all this. I'm just happy the NBA is back, and I'm blessed to be working with you. Break it all down tomorrow, Shane. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. See you at home, babe. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at six Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.